Dueling Genre presents Immunities, Season 2. When my eyes look up at the sky, it's full of reflections of all the other eyes looking up there. Being a looker is about never being alone. The me that controls my eyes looks up there a lot. She loves the feeling of all those other eyes looking at her, loving her, but I can't share in it because I know they don't love me. They're guarding against me because when I see the unity, instead of joining it, I can rip it apart. There is a crisis, or perhaps I should say a praxis. It is both a threat and an opportunity. We have been contacted by an individual who claims to be an alpha immune, highly placed in the scientific intelligence network of the unaltered community. That is the opportunity. And the threat? This individual says that the Resistance has an agent operating in our territory, one who can pull our thoughts directly out of the sky without our knowledge, and perhaps put other thoughts in. The information we have decoded has been borne out in reality, allowing us to monitor Resistance activities much more closely than before. We've had three couriers nabbed. They'll be inside jail cells for 30 days to a year for improper travel. And what about you? Have you considered retiring? Excuse me, have we met? I'm your cousin, Nicole. I guess not, because if we had, you'd know I'm not going to hide while someone else takes the risks. They've got Dominic locked up who knows where, for who knows how long, and there's nothing we can do about it. And you talked like I'd be saving the world. You are saving it, a little at a time. Immunities, available free at DuelingGenre.com and ImmuniediesDrama.com. Season 2 begins March 14th. Dueling Genre Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate Spider-Man 2, one mop-pushing minute at a pizza time. <laughs> I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Zach Luna. <laughs> and I am Preeti Chabur from Sci-Fi Fangirls. Happy to have you back. Welcome back, Preeti. Thanks for having me. We're glad to have you on this momentous pizza time occasion. Oh, uh, today, we are talking about Minute 7 which begins with Peter picking up the stuff that fell out of the janitor's closet and ends with an establishing shot of Joe's pizza. <laughs> so I, I... <laughs> I feel like I want to say that this episode won't be that long because nothing happens, but I also know that, that cannot, that's not always the case. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. This is <laughs> probably the least eventful minute in the entire film, but thanks, also thanks, one of my favorites. <laughs> It, yeah, it's one of the greatest. I mean, you you won a battle match between every guest who wanted this week. So I think this is the most requested week by far. Mm-hmm. I, I had people requesting this week when we were still doing the last movie. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. There's there's something so powerful about the phrase pizza time. And this is the minute where it happens. Pizza time. Beautiful. It's pizza. Pizza I know. Time. And Toby's delivery is just like so lovely. Yeah. It's, well, it's because it comes like the thing that that makes it work is that mm. it comes after him battling with the broom closet for 30 full <laughs> seconds. Also, I feel like you guys didn't appreciate Toby's the, the multi-layered Toby's delivery being lovely line. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm it's, just saying. Oof. It is beautiful and Thank well you. rendered. I'm <laughs> proud of you. It's good that, stuff. That there was, was more stuff. stuff in my line than there is in this minute. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, oh. So we get our first Sam Raimi cameo in this movie, uh, playing the role of gravity, uh, pushing <laughs> pushing the mops at Toby uh, from inside the closet. Um, that is that is Sam sitting inside the closet, just continuously pushing the brooms back out at Toby. And making him struggle. <laughs> it truly is such a wonderful, like, Peter Parker moment. It's <laughs> like, Peter is just so, it's so often everything is against him. But yeah. <laughs> generally speaking, due to decisions that he himself has made. Right. Yeah. I mean, no. he did make the decision to go through the janitor's closet. Yes. <laughs> the, the skylight having janitor's when closet. When there is a uh, room next to it that says telephone. So presumably all that's in that room is a telephone. <laughs> I made it better. <laughs> I, I almost, I, what, what do you think this business is? Like, I, I kind of, I almost think it's a front for something illegal. Like, if they have a, if yeah. they have a room with a skylight in it that just has brooms and mops in it, and then they have a room that's just a telephone, right. and then a, Pl- and then a receptionist who's kind of a soul. Plus, their decor is kind of like weird. Very, very seriously trying to make you believe we are in New York right now. Yes, it's just like yes. pictures of bridges and the Statue <laughs> of Liberty and stuff. It was like, mm, yes, the legitimate New York business. I think it's the East Coast branch of Wolverman Heart. That's what I think. Uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's making me think of like Entertainment 720. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, I don't know. They pay me a million dollars to sit here. <laughs> Detlef Shrimp. Uh, yeah. It's she's just, she's just sitting there chewing gum. It might not have been until we like actually sat down and watched it for this recording today that I realized how long he is there struggling with the mops. It is yes. just, it is, it's the perfect amount of time, which is way too much time. Right, because you it. think it's got to get, it, it has to be done now, and then a mop <laughs> falls again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's that comedy theory of just like, oh, this is funny. All right, it's not funny anymore. It's still going, which makes it funny again. <laughs> yes, like, yes, exactly. I, this like, just got a huge laugh in the theater. I went to a revival screening of this a couple years ago um, here in LA, like, you know, Spider-Man 2 on the big screen. And like this, people lost their minds at it still. It's just, there's a type of comedy, uh, like a, a lot of different types of comedy, like age poorly, you know, like anything that has to do with like, Pushing boundaries mm-hmm. or like, you know, uh, pop culture. Yeah. yeah, pop like a lot of that sours. But there's something about slapstick that is eternal in some ways. You yeah. know, like you can watch a <laughs> Harold Lloyd or Charlie Chaplin or something like at any point in time and still be like, that is, yep. oh, that poor schmuck. That's fun. You know, <laughs> uh, that, and that's what this is to me. Like this is, there's something universal about if something bad's happening to a person on screen, I identify with them. Well, it's also and, like the absurdity of like how like it's real enough to be like, oh my God, I've been there. 
I've been there where you're like carrying all your laundry and just like one thing keeps falling. Yep. And but you're praying that nobody. Yeah. (laughs) Like, but and you pray that nobody. Like, God, I hope nobody sees me being an idiot like this. But we are, we are ourselves watching him be the idiot, and also Emily is there watching him be an idiot. It just Mm -hmm. is so, so painful. The like long <laughs> look she gives as he walks over with the pizzas. Oh, God, it's- which which by the way, I just I looked her up just preliminarily. I, I'm sure hmm. you have more information about about Emily, but sure, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes you you watch stuff like this and you see someone like Emily Deschanel in the Spider Man movie, and and mm-hmm. you know much like Octavia Spencer in the first Spider Man movie. Yeah, you you see them in this, and they just have this this dumb minor role, minor but memorable. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. just you look at them and you're just like, man, you really gave your all to just like a really nothing sort of role. And yeah. and it just shows you like, oh, yeah, this is why they made it. Like you made a mm-hmm. nothing role really memorable. Yeah. And I'm just like looking at her. I'm just like, man, you don't know this. But three months from the release of this movie, you get cast in a show called Bones <laughs> and it's going to change your life forever. <laughs> yeah. Like you're going to be on it for 12 Scott, years. Scott, you just yeah. gave me goosebumps. and like, I don't even care about Bones. Right? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, but I just like, think you know, that's so cool. Like, that's yeah. just so cool. And it, 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 this is the type of person and, and this is that you cast in a movie when you have this like smaller role. And I love that Sam Raimi always has small little roles like this. Like there are plenty of superhero movies where like there's almost nobody in the city. I know we talked about this last season a lot. Like the idea of like a a film that is so focused on the plot mm-hmm. of getting information across that we don't have time to breathe and that we don't like see the people that live in these cities and how they react to the superheroes and whatnot. But there's always these little beautiful scenes with, you know, one or two line characters. Um, and mm-hmm. that... Like that, it's something for an actor to like do something with and play with, and it elevates it into this like moment of cinema where it becomes like a reference or a gif or a meme or like th- like when somebody says pizza time, we're like, I'm not paying for those. Like you remember that you remember this moment, and it's because it was a fun moment that was filled by a performer who was like up to the challenge mm-hmm. and right. If you're not familiar with Bones, it can sound kind of silly as a concept. You know, you know that TV show Bones about the character named Bones, who's an expert on bones and he solves crimes by looking at bones. It ran for 12 seasons. Uh, but, yeah. but even still, that is a, a, to have a lead role on a series that runs for 10, 10 years plus is yes. like the holy yeah. grail. It's of like two, 268 episodes or something like that. Yeah. That yeah. No yeah. The thing that really just warms my heart is like you're watching her in this and she probably thought mm-hmm. when this happened, she probably thought, what if this is it? What if this is my peak being in the Spider-Man movie? Yeah. Like what you if this, like this is probably like one of her largest roles, like one of her most like Are notable roles at this point. Though? She's Zoe Deschanel's sister, isn't she? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I feel like that doesn't necessarily like, mean fine. anything. <laughs> her, her parents are uh, directors and cinematographers. Yeah, so, I feel like yeah. she's like, I'm gonna be fine. <laughs> she'll, be, she'll be around, but like even so, like you can be like a you know I don't know son of a Hollywood such and such who like doesn't do much after your like Law and Order role. You know, like right. that can that can still happen. And like this is a a huge milestone that you don't know what might happen after that. Like this is a cause for celebration in and of itself. And then. Yeah, Preeti, everybody's got anxiety. (laughs) I know. (laughs) 
Peter was an almost famous. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> I feel like you're okay. <laughs> yeah, she'll be all right. Um, I just love this. I love the like the control in it. Again, like that moment where Peter walks up to deliver the pizzas, and she's still like committed fully to her like. You gotta be kidding me, face. And, <laughs> yeah. Chewing and, that gum. <laughs> yeah, chewing that In gum. In the most New it. York way possible. Yeah, I, I have never chewed gum in that way. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You're you're not a native New Yorker though. It's true. This, this lady's definitely a native New Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> I love that She's Peter seen doesn't it all. Peter, who is born and raised Queens, doesn't mm. even argue. He's like, <laughs> no, you're right. I suck. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, that's that's fair. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Well, and, you shouldn't and, but, pay for these. Okay, but here's the thing, right? She says, "You're three minutes late. I'm not paying for those." And mm. the way, the, like, you're not paying for anything. Did you order the pizzas personally? Yeah. Are these your? Per- Why do you care? Like, whose money are you trying to save? A, Look at where so you work. To you where I'm just like, you. They can afford it. Yeah, Just pay right. for it, lady. <laughs> Help this poor boy. Look, Look at this. Po- God, no empathy. Did no. you see him struggling with the brooms? <laughs> <laughs> he clearly does not make good life decisions. <laughs> like, no, I have a tiny bit of power to wield here, and I will wield it. Yeah. And Peter is like, yep. Literally, Toby Maguire's face, he does the, you're right. Yeah. You are right. Sad bungee cord. Yeah. (laughs) And that too feels so like, you know, we've all been there. Maybe not specifically getting the bungee cords off of the pizzas that you wrecked. But like when you screw something up and somebody like could be nice to you, but they're like, no, you idiot. Like, what did you do? Like that little moment of self-loathing. Like, yeah. I deserve this. Yeah, oh my god. Is- that I'm sorry, but that moment where she sucks on her teeth for a second between you're you're late. <laughs> I'm not paying for those. That's the thing where she she's like weighing it in her mind and just yeah. like no, I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not paying for that pizza. Yeah, it's so much harsher. It's, yeah. Oh god, ridiculous. That's why um, she made the big bucks on bones. The big mm-hmm. bones oh, yeah, bucks. Mm-hmm. The big bones bucks on bones. <laughs> I am um, I was on bones a couple times actually as a uh lab tech in the bones lab. Um, yeah, that checks which, out. That makes sense. It is <laughs> <laughs> It is the craziest set I've ever seen. That show made so much money and they just kept making that set more and more elaborate. It's like <laughs> it's something out of a, a science fiction novel. You walk into this like yeah, this is supposed to be like a, a wing of the Smithsonian or something that's like devoted to like solving crimes with bones. But it's just like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, that's what it does. Sure. But it's just like this futuristic like wonderland where there's like a million uh, windows and glass everywhere. And it's just full of like crazy technology where they like laser, you know, bones back into humans in front of your eyes. And I just I remember being on it like this room is way too big. <laughs> there's no need for this for any of this and there's just a sea of us in lab coats running around like with a little like experiment tray and i just my my only memory of bones herself uh miss emily deschanel here was that um she insisted on wearing very comfy shoes during rehearsal which i respected yeah uh, to the utmost degree she had just like a cozy warm jacket on and her comfy shoes and she did rehearsal just kind of like marking through the lines and uh and then like somebody was bringing up like I guess it was a a current thing in the news about like some woman standing up for like equal pay or something oh, like that. Was and, it like, Wendy from uh, Texas? 
for it might I don't I don't know for, when it was because um, it was a few years ago. Yeah, it was a few years ago, and like somebody t- tried to like start just a little bit of like devil's advocating oh, towards no. uh, towards her, and she just went like, no, 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 we're not having that discussion now. Let's go to work. <laughs> And she, she was like, this is not, this is not a discussion. Come on. And uh, I was like, way to go, Emily. That was, that was amazing. badass. And yeah. And then when she rolled up to do the scene, like she was like fully committed in it, you know, nailed all of her lines. She said all this ridiculous technical medical jargon that is like one of the hardest things to deliver and just like seasoned professional. I think by that point she was like a producer on the show and whatnot. And mm-hmm. uh, it was just like, yeah, no, that person, they, they know what they're doing. In this very unique reality where Dr. Bones solves the bones <laughs> cases with bones. <laughs> I was always excited too because like Boreanaz was there. Uh, and, oh yeah, know, of course. I do. I do love me some, some Buffy connections. So yeah. <laughs> I know you keep calling this place Wolfram and Hart. I know. It basically is, right? Uh, yeah. So props to you, Emily. You were on the cusp of your stardom here and then I got to witness it in full glory. Um <laughs> It's all in that look she gives him when he walks by. Like, she doesn't move her head to watch him. She just moves her eyes as he walks by. Because he's not he's not worth the effort it would take to turn her head to follow him. Oh, poor Peter's just so dead inside as he's unhooking the bungee cords. I know. I know. Bungee cords, they're like in and of themselves like a sad object, you know, yeah. a bungee cord. Like, there's nothing... There's nothing cool about a bungee cord, uh, mm-hmm. let's be honest. And uh, But there is know, something extreme about them. <laughs> <laughs> With no E, just X-T-R-E-M-E. Extreme. Yeah. Extreme, yeah. <laughs> Bungees. It, like, you are only carrying a bungee cord if you're having to jury rig something mm-hmm. sad. And now he has to, like, carry them back as his badge of defeat, you know. So wherever like, his, his poor scooter is. I'm just gonna gather those, leave them. Oh, Peter! <laughs> I know, and like soul. this is so. I just, I can't. The scene is just so good because mm-hmm. it's it really such is. a typical like down on his luck, like that old Parker luck scene, and I love it. Yeah, because there's yeah. nothing no, I, to I, say. This is okay. So, so there's, there's. I, I just want to point out a couple of things because one, yeah. I love that. You know, he's he's unhooking these bungee cords. And he's got this like sad look on his face and it's because he knows he doesn't have a job anymore, but he still has to like finish doing (laughs) his job. Because he's Uh, Peter and he can't just walk away. Right. Like he's he's like, well, I still have to return these bungee cords to Mr. Aziz. Yeah. Even though I don't have a job anymore. That I'm, because me, I'm like, just like talk to her, man. Negotiate. Be like, yeah. I'll give you a free pizza next time. He is Lady. not a not a and one that I have not guy. put my own organic pieces <laughs> on. Oh God, <laughs> organic no secretions, <laughs> no secretions in this pizza. Um, Unless you're I, into that. The uh, other thing I wanted to mention, you know, you talk about like that 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 Parker Luck, and yeah. I I mean this is this this film represents my favorite kind of Spider-Man story, which is mm-hmm. that, you know, Peter struggling through college yes. era. And this is this is the closest we've ever gotten to that. I mean, we we don't deal with it at all really in the amazing Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. No. Um and obviously Homecoming is more ultimate Spider-Man 
who knows when or if he'll ever get make it to college um, <laughs> in that series. Uh, so like, I just, I really, I really love this. This is just so representative of everything I love about Spider-Man, like my favorite Spider-Man stuff. And well, so yeah. this week is just uh, all of that. Yeah. 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 Put him through the ringer. Yeah. yeah this okay. week is all about that. It's all my favorite kind of stuff. It's just Peter struggling. Well, it's no, it's that mid twenties. I, I say this all the time. My favorite Peter Parker is like the most relatable Peter Parker. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't have his crap together, doesn't know how to make the right decisions, doesn't know how to be an adult, and is, right. like, mm-hmm. trying to learn to do that while still being a superhero that he also right. doesn't quite know how to do. Right. Just that right. he should do it. And I think that's what makes Spider-Man such a relatable character and so- why he has the following he has is because we've all been there of, like... Yeah. You know, when you're young, it's like, oh, he's a spider. He's like a superhero. That's so cool. And as you're older, you're like, oh, my God, I also don't know how I'm going to pay my rent. Like, mm-hmm. I also yeah. don't know what I'm going to do if I lose this crappy job that I ultimately is not what I want to be doing in life, but is a way for me to live at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. something that we can all relate to. And so it just hurts so bad when you're like, oh, Peter. Oh, oh buddy. Peter. Buddy. Buddy boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my, well, my poor that- guy. That idea, too, that, like, you know, if the superheroic aspect is, you know, a metaphor for, like, being a good person or helping people to the best of your ability in the world, you know, using what gifts you do have to help other people, not for selfish means, all that stuff. The idea, which I think is, like, such a important one to, like, actually talk about and, and, and isn't often highlighted in, like, these indulgent power fantasies so often is the idea that doing your best to be a good person doesn't automatically reward you or make your life better in some concrete way like you still have to struggle with all the other stuff on top of it and it's like you can't that that is what's noble about it Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. it's not just like oh yeah no i'm strong and i help and then whatever it's literally he's doing everything you can be doing everything right you can be doing your best to do the best that you can and still life craps on you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all about, it's all about, you know, sort of finding that balance. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. still like, I'm not, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not a superhero, but I do know that like there, there's, there's that element of disappointing people because you're doing something else or whatever, yeah. like letting people down because you had another responsibility that you had to do and being able to find that balance and struggling with it because you can't ever find that balance. You just have to sort of accept that you're going to fail at things. And another part of it is also just the idea of letting people into your life that can help mm-hmm. you and mm-hmm. learning that lesson. Yeah, um, learning that you don't have to you don't have to shoulder that bur- the burden of your of your issues by yourself. That you can let other people in. I mean, that's kind of what this movie is about. Right. Totally. Is totally. is that like you you don't have to do it all yourself, man. Like I know you think the responsibility is yours and yours alone, and maybe it is, but that doesn't mean that you can't let other people in who can help share that burden at least mm-hmm. somewhat to like ease yeah. it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, a lot we- of those things. I, I really I think that the character is so good at like you were saying, Zach, like you mm-hmm. it's not goodness for any sort of reward's sake, it's goodness for goodness sake, like goodness yeah. is sake or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Because you do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. No right. other reason. And right. Peter growing up and trying to learn that and trying to balance it while still living his life 
it's just like it's so much fun to watch because it's so mm-hmm. real it's so mm-hmm. real yeah i don't yeah. know if it was by design from the outset or if they just stumbled into it but it is one of those characters that resonates so strongly for people because i think the metaphor functions well mm-hmm. yes um and maybe you know maybe is easier to relate to than a lot of other you know big type characters like this mm-hmm. um and it isn't ham-fisted yeah, in a way that yeah. that other metaphors can be sometimes, you know. Yeah. Um it's it's a little more it's a little more subtle where you you feel like you can relate to Peter but you you know not everybody can quite intellectually understand why they're relating to Spider-Man right. so much. Yeah. But but that's but that's what it is. It's like oh everyone has felt like that. Everyone has felt like the world is against them when well, yeah. they're just trying to do their best, you because know. Because you're yeah. not you might not be Spider-Man but you're certainly Peter Parker. Right. Yes, exactly, right. exactly. Right. Yeah, aren't we all Peter Parker? We are all Peter Parker. <laughs> you guys. All right. Well, I mean, there's no reason to talk about Joe's Pizza because we're gonna we're gonna get to Mr. Aziz tomorrow. That's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's. I think. I think we'll end on the sad bungee cord. Um, <laughs> uh, go plug go. Okay, so uh, you can find me over on SciFi.com in the fangirls vertical. Uh, I write about a lot of things, but a lot of Spider-Man. I spent all last summer only writing about Spider-Man, which was <sighs> amazing and like kind of a dream. Um, so find me over there. It's sci-fi.com. Um, the cat, I think it's under like categories or something, fangirls. Uh, and we also have a podcast that you should check out, Strong Female Characters, which is through the same group. Um, where we talk about women in sci-fi and fantasy that we really like and interviews with their real-world counterparts. Awesome. Nice. All right. Well, you can check out uh, DuelingGenre.com if you want to check out uh, all the other podcasts that we've got over there. There's a lot of them. Go go check them out. Lots of Movies by Minute podcasts, lots of other things. Go check out all of those things while you're waiting for us to be back tomorrow with Minute 8. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.